itself would be undone. When the promises would all be fulfilled. It seemed like ages and ages. Yes, the wait was long. But the wait, it was not in vain. No, God did as he had promised. In this little town of Bethlehem, he brought forth his most beloved son in the middle of the night to a young girl named Mary and her husband Joseph. Why in this way? Why Mary? Why Joseph? Why Bethlehem? We read, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? How indeed, a virgin bearing a son? How is this possible? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And indeed, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary is chosen to bear the Son of God. She is betrothed to Joseph, who is of the lineage of David. David, the king of old, from whose line God promised to establish an eternal kingdom. Yet she is also a virgin, as the prophet proclaimed long before, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Why Bethlehem? As the prophet Micah proclaimed long before his birth. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. It was from Bethlehem, the place where David was born, where such a ruler would come. In this way, our living hope came into this world through a woman who gave birth to him in a small town to an awaiting creation. The Son of God, he came as a little babe, looking no different than any other, and yet holding all the world in his tiny hands. This makes us wonder, what is the purpose for this most holy and solemn visit? What is the reason for it? The answer is the fall from long ago. Yes, this act of coming into the world as a man would never occur apart from the fall. And so it is the fall and all the darkness and all the pain, all the sorrow, all the sin 
would become undone by this incredible act of God. For the incarnation occurs because of sin and darkness and death. For while we rejoice in the incarnation, we remember how this is truly the Lamb of God in the manger. It is the Lamb of God who comes for a reason and a purpose. As Joseph is told, as he is considering what to do about Mary since she was pregnant and they hadn't been together, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph. Son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Thus in the coming of Jesus we find the two great pieces of the puzzle of the world. The first, the incarnation, the coming of God as man, and the second is atonement. The taking away of our guilt before our God because of our sins. It is all accomplished as the Son of God comes into the world. First known to Mary and Joseph, then to all of us at Bethlehem. Consider it in full. The great God of all is now come to us as a man. Some look at this as nothing more than a myth. They would have us to believe it is no different than any other story of old. Yet what do we find? We find that it's true. He, this Jesus Christ, was born in Bethlehem. He was raised in Nazareth. Was someone who walked the earth. He had disciples. These disciples who proclaimed that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it And we testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. It's real. The God has come into the world, to redeem the world for himself, for his glory. It is all established before us, first with the prophets who proclaimed it would happen, and then through the witnesses who testified, with the shepherds, the magi, and the angels. Jesus is not a myth, but a historical person, foretold by the prophets long before his birth, and experienced by many individuals living during that time. And it all starts in Bethlehem. There is so much to say about this event. For if we were to close our eyes and imagine the greatness of God and how it encompasses all the world, how it outshines the sun, how it expands forever and ever, beyond even the scope of the universe, this God, who is far greater and far more than all else, He is here in our midst. Was there anyone else? Yes, there was. As we learn, the angels proclaimed this arrival to others. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And there will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. Is there anything which should hinder us from joining this chorus of angels? This event which would cause even all of them to rejoice. Could there be anything which would keep us from glorifying God as they have done? Indeed, angels gloried over the coming of Christ, the Lord. But not even only them. We learned just shortly after this. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, and the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told among them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, she treasured them up, all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. Humans and angels, in one voice, singing praises to God Almighty. Why? Because this is the moment when all the world begins to be made new. Because now, we now know the greatness of God and His Word. For we know, starting in this moment in Bethlehem, the city of David, that God is truly among us, and He will never depart from us if we should place our faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. Heaven came down at Christmas. Love came down at Christmas. So that we could enter into heaven. So that we could know love. Is there anything greater than the story of the Son of God coming into this world? What is there that could ever be more meaningful for God to have done than sending us His beloved Son? We know the story. We know the beauty and the mystery. We proclaim with a loud voice, the Son of God is born. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Lamb of God, slain for us, for you, for me, so that we could taste and see and know the greatness of God and His glory. Now here we are, 2,000 years later, and as I stand here today, it's hard not to think of all this past year and how it has affected each one of us so much. We have had many individuals who are in sorrow even today. We have many individuals who have lost their jobs and businesses, many who are wondering how they are going to feed their families, many who have become ill, many who have died. We have seen lies and deceptions where the truth is something which is distorted for personal or even political gain. We have seen all the brokenness this world has to offer. Dare we have any hope? But that is why the Christmas story is so significant. Why it's so important. Many waited for the coming of Jesus Christ, 
we wait for His return. But we know that He has come. And His Spirit is with us. And now we have a deep fellowship with our God. Our hope is not in the dead. Our hope is in the living. He who conquered death lives today. And He knows our sorrows. And knows our pains. There is nothing, nothing in all of creation, in heaven or in hell, which can separate us from the fellowship which we have with our God through Jesus Christ. So while we may still have sorrows, let us remember that our hope is secure. We have an assurance of hope in Christ Jesus. The hope He has given us is the hope of the ages. How do we know it's secure? Because we know all the promises God has given in the past are fulfilled in the person, Jesus Christ. He has promised to wipe away every tear from our eyes. He has promised to undo death. He has promised us eternal life through His blood. Shall we doubt the promises of our God? Or doubt He is capable? Even after knowing that He has given us this Christmas day? He who promised has provided. Our hope is not blind, but fully realized in what God has already done. He who has conquered will conquer, and those who know Him and place their faith in Him will know eternal peace. That is the hope. And that is a hope which is alive and well today. This Christmas, let us join with all others who behold and wonder at the event. Let us join together and proclaim with the great news of the coming of the Son of God who is now with us. Let us sing of His mercies, His love, and His glory. Let our voices mingle together with angels as we proclaim the great news of the coming of the Son of God. Let us join the chorus of saints before us who together celebrated the coming of Jesus Christ into this world. Let us rejoice because we know nothing in all the world can take away the living hope we have in Jesus Christ. Admittedly, this is all I can offer today. But I wish to close with some words from John Chrysostom, a great preacher who lived from 347 to 407 AD. And he had this to say about Christmas. He called it the Nativity Sermon. Come, then. Let us observe the feast. Come and we shall commemorate the solemn festival. It is a strange manner of celebrating a festival, but truly wondrous is the whole chronicle of the nativity. For this day the ancient slavery is ended, the devil confounded, the demons take to flight, the power of death is broken, paradise is unlocked, the curse is taken away, sin is removed from us, Error driven out. Truth has been brought back. The speech of kindliness diffused and spreads on every side. A heavenly way of life has been implanted on the earth. Angels communicate with men without fear. And men now hold the speech with angels. Why is this? Because God is now on earth and a man in heaven. On every side, all things commingle. He has come on earth while being whole in heaven. And while complete in heaven, he is without diminution, diminution, 
on earth. Though he was God, he became man, not denying himself to be God. Though being the impassable word, he became flesh, that he might dwell amongst us, he became flesh. He did not become God, he was God. Wherefore he became flesh, so that he whom heaven did not contain a manger would this day receive. He was placed in a manger so that he, by whom all things are nourished, may receive an infant's food from his virgin mother. So the father of all ages, as an infant at the breast, nestles in the virginal arms, that the Magi may more easily see him. Since this day the Magi too have come and made a beginning of withstanding tyranny, and the heavens give glory, as the Lord is revealed by a star. To him then, who out of confusion was wrought a clear path to Christ, to the Father, to the Holy Spirit, we offer all praise now and forever. Amen. Indeed, with all, let us rejoice and say, Amen. Let us pray. Father, again, we can only rejoice over what you have accomplished through your Son, Jesus Christ. And we can only rejoice over the fact that you sent your Son into this dark world. You could have let us destroy each other, but instead you made promise after promise, I will redeem you. And you have redeemed us. You redeemed us through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we can now rejoice with one another so that peoples of all different races and genders could come together and we could all rejoice over the Son of God who has come to redeem each of us from our sins if we should place our faith in what He has accomplished. Lord, we know the story. And this year, Lord, we need this story. We ask, Lord, that we would remember what has occurred, that the promises so much have been fulfilled. And that every promise that you have made will be fulfilled through your Son, Jesus Christ. Let us not waver in the faith, Lord, but continue to give us grace and give us strength for the days. For they are long, and they are hard, and they make us weary. But you, Lord, you are capable of carrying them all. We thank you. In the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I thank everyone today for...